It's Sunday morning. Service is about to begin. You're sitting in the pew, and the little one says, Mommy, Daddy, why does Pastor do that? Why is Pastor wearing that? What is that? And very loudly, of course, so that everyone else in the pew and the pews behind you can can hear the question. And you're trying not to chuckle, but you want to answer the question. And then you realize you don't know the answer to that question. You ever had that happen to you? Kids in the Divine Service, we're going to talk about that today here on Faith and Family, a great resource to help you as a parent or as a member of your congregation raise up children to understand this good gift of the Divine Service. Helping us with that today, the Reverend Christopher Toma from Our Savior Lutheran Church in Heartland, Michigan. Pastor Toma, welcome to Faith and Family. Welcome back to Faith and Family. Hi. Thanks for having me back. (laughs) Absolutely. Glad to have you with us. It's been... I think four years since we talked about kids in the divine service and there are some updates and I'm excited to share them uh, with our listeners today. So thanks so much for, uh, for coming back on. Oh, you're welcome. Also in studio, a familiar voice here at worldwide KFUO. We, we, we confused our intern because <laughs> she thought you were coming in at the wrong time. The Reverend William Whedon, director of worship for the Lutheran church, Missouri synod and host of thy strong word chaplain for the international center here. Pastor Whedon, good morning. Good morning. Good to be with you. It's always dangerous when both of us are in the studio together. I know. Together. Too much fun. Too much fun. <laughs> and uh, not there. I'm like <laughs> it might be too much to handle. <laughs> but you'd bring along your scotch and it would all be good. Oh, you can, you can count on it. <laughs> Kids in the Divine Service. I remember this resource when I was a parish DCE, and I was just elated over it. Uh, I used it in two of the parishes that I served um, because it... It was a great resource that we could, in the parish, we could uh, include in our bulletin to help parents um, as they teach their children about divine service. And this was back in the the late nine, well, early two thousand, late nineties, early two thousand, I think, somewhere around there. Uh, well, the first one was published in two thousand. Two thousand. Okay. Worship. Yeah, I put it out in two thousand. And I remember using it from like two thousand two through two thousand seven. I remember using it then, and and found it very helpful. And many parents, and and even those who were not necessarily parents at the time, found it very helpful too, because it was uh, it was helpful to them in understanding what was happening in that in the divine service, in the sanctuary, and the 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 uh, the gifts that were being given there, and what was unique about how we go about administering those gifts, hearing and, and receiving God's word and those gifts in the divine service. And and so what what prompted the update to kids in the divine service, Pastor Whedon? Well, you nailed it when you just said the date. Um, <laughs> because between that date and this date, uh, we had a new hymnal come out. Mm. And Pastor Toma never stopped working on this project in his own parish. And so he went through and updated the whole thing to key it from Lutheran worship to Lutheran service book. And then he approached uh, my office, LCMS worship, and asked, would you guys be interested in, you know, getting the stuff that you are handing out updated to the new hymnal? And so uh, we were like, yeah, we would be be interested in that. I, I think he probably thought you're never going to get it done <laughs> because it only <laughs> took forever and a day to actually work through it. Part of the problem is in all those years, file formats <laughs> became an issue uh, across. And it took us a long time to figure I, I think to get the thing into um, 
where we could work with the text without having to retype everything. It was passing it through three apps to make it go, you know, it's like, it was crazy, but it worked. Well, let's go back in time then, Pastor Toma, to the the early days, uh, pre-2000. What prompted you to to put together this resource uh, that helps parents and others teach children about the divine service? Well, I, I need to give some recognition to John Veeker. <clears throat> I was serving as the DCE in his congregation in West Bloomfield uh, when the idea first came to the forefront, and it was something that he and I had talked about as a resource there at St. Mark in West Bloomfield. So, um, And he had suggested a, a, a layout, a format, and uh, he knew uh, with the work that I was doing with youth uh, that I had, God willing, enough uh, prowess to put the thing together. So he... He, uh, we, we came up with topics, we started arranging it, getting it together, and it ended up being a bulletin insert that we used. Um, later on, maybe, a, I don't know, a year or two after we had started using it, and that was probably in 1998, 97, 98, um, we punted it off to the Synod to see if there was interest, and there was. So the plan at that point was to take them and turn it into like a three-year series, as I remember. It only ended up being a singular series. Um, but uh, they turned it into the, and, and used the same uh, layout that we were doing. Um, it was a, a section on whatever it was we were talking about with a, uh, a little box in there that was directed at the parents, uh, which I should say was kind of the core of each, is, is the core of each one of the pieces, because really my concern, and I think uh, John's concern, was on the parents, uh, making sure that the parents understood what it meant uh, to raise the little ones up in the Christian faith. Uh, so here was a tool that they could take and use very comfortably to do that. Uh, so, uh, But that's kind of the idea behind it, and that's how it, it more or less started. And it's just more or less, it, it's taken off since then. And I think it's also very valuable to the parent who may not necessarily understand all of these aspects of the divine service or why we worship the way we do or how we worship. Uh, yet I think it, it, it comes across in a way that's not intimidating, that's not, um, th- that opens the door for questions so that parents may ask their pastors more questions as their children ask questions of them. And that's, a, that's another big part of this, and I'm glad you highlight that, because one of the, the main uh, efforts as well is to get the kids uh, into a, a better relationship of dialogue with their pastor, but not only with, uh, with their pastor sitting in his office, but there in the holy spaces to to point out to them, here's the baptismal font, take them over to the font, talk about it. Each one of those those parental boxes encourages people to do that. You know, go up, go up, of course, remain reverent, but let your pastor show you about the altar. Let him talk to you about what's in the windows. Uh, Mom and dad, of course, are there, um, but it, it immerses the kids in the complete and total language of the Christian faith, both what you're seeing, what you're hearing, uh, what you're saying. Some might say, you know, I'll, I'll I'll wait till my children are older to teach them about these things because they're so complex. <laughs> Pastor Whedon's eyes. If you could only see his eyes. His are doing the same thing mine are doing. <laughs> I'll, we'll let Pastor, Pastor, we'll start with Pastor Whedon and then we'll, we'll have Pastor Toma respond to that uh, in a very pastoral way. Well, he's the pastor of the parish. He's going to be the pastor. And I'll say that, you know, <laughs> 
That's the stupidest thing you ever heard. I mean, kids are sponges. Uh-huh. At the time that that you can, I mean, I, I, I'm enjoying this so much right now because my my grandkids are, are at this age, and I'm like, I'm astounded at how. I mean, you just throw the stuff at them; they just happen to casually hear something, and they'll repeat it to you a week later. I'm like, whoa! How, this is the time that you actually can get stuff down into them, and so. You know, yeah, and I have to say, I love the stealth approach that Pastor Toma did where, I mean, yeah, (laughs) the problem is if the parents don't know it, they can't teach it. But how do you help the parents know it without making them appear like they don't know what they're talking about? So this gives them the opportunity. Oh, there's there's your quick little cheat sheet. The parent can read and then they can deal with the kids helping them get it. And that, that is just, it's a brilliant approach and it helps all of us to simply grow in our knowledge of all of these Um, church words, church things that surround us in that environment, which kids, by their very nature, are inquisitive and curious about. They're sponges. Pastor Toma? Yeah, the the fear that he's talking about is a huge part of this. And what ends up happening uh, when the parent is fearful is, is they punt the child off or they feel the need to punt the child off into some other context where they feel as though they're going to get what they need. It's going to be dumbed down. It's They're going to get get it from somebody else. So you end up finding things like, and I, I don't mean to offend anyone, but I mean to offend everyone doing it, I guess. Children's church, you know, taking the kids out and punting them into something like that when this is this is really to superimpose upon the children something that's completely foreign to the scriptures. Um, the shepherd, Jesus Christ, is tending his flock, and he's not just tending the adults, he's tending the children too. And even if you think uh, in the mindset, uh, the way the scriptures talk about a flock or talk about sheep and lambs, we don't send the lambs off to be guarded in a different flock. They stay next to their mother or their father, and and they're part of the herd, part of the flock. So, so that's that's a big deal. Having the kids there, immersing them in this, so that they learn it, whether they understand it or not, is another question. But that's not necessarily the key question. But immersing them in it, so that they're learning this language and understanding it. Amen. 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 What are some specific things that, that parents can do to help their children learn about the divine service? This is certainly, Kids in the Divine Service is a great tool to help them with that. What are some things that, uh, that parents can, where would you begin as a parent with young children? Pastor Toma? Um, well, I would, I would maybe have to send that discussion. I wish I could put my wife on the line right now because she's the, she's the one who works with the little ones in the midst of the service itself. Uh, encouraging them, okay, listen, listen for the use of the word amen, or and where was it used? Why, what does it mean? How does it fit there? Um, watch for the sign of the cross. Oh, we're having a baptism today. Um, watch, watch what your daddy's doing there at the font, you know, things like that. Having those, having those reverent, uh, solemn, uh, discussions, even right there in the pew. Of course, not trying to to cause distractions to the people around you, but but po- has a parent pointing to these things, drawing attention to them, and then when there's time, at the end of the service or even before the service, depending upon what's going on, having that interaction with the pastor, going up to them and asking them about this. What does the word "amen" mean? Why why are we making the sign of the cross? Why are we going to kneel when we say the confession? Um, encouraging that kind of a discussion. And that's so easy to do. And in one sense, parents can kind of pawn off the duty (laughs) 
in, in a better way than sending them out of the church, but they can get them to the right guy in the right context in the right scenario to, to uh, really build that relationship and teach the substance. You mentioned pointing out these things, you know, teaching them to to observe things in the, the divine service, listening for the word amen, uh, observing when we make the sign of the cross. I've noticed a, a practice in our churches, and I've seen some changes in it, and one practice is uh, encouraging families with young children to sit in the back. Ugh. Yeah, I don't know. It's hard to see from the back when you're only three feet tall. You know, I I have a a great Hurl story. I mean, Joseph Hurl on this, because he he was sitting in church one day. They were in the back of the church, and the little girl beside him started taking the hymnals out of the pews. So he, he started reaching up and handing her more hymnals. She made herself a huge seat, climbed up on top of it, and said, I see (laughs) <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, don't take the kids where they can't participate. Put them right up there in the center. You know, I'll give you the, the, the absolute lunacy of Whedon on this is that the, <laughs> the, the most child, unfriendly, stupid thing we ever did was make pews. Um, I'm serious. Why do we sit on our butts in the presence of the all holy God? And why do we try to corral children to sit when sitting is the most unnatural thing for them? There, it's normal for them to actually move around and stand and mill around. Imagine if the whole assembly were standing. I know that sounds really weird, but like up until the Reformation, that was still normal. And even years after the Reformation, benches along the side. Yeah, if you need to sit down and you're old and you can't, you know, you can't do it. But otherwise people stood and listened. And if you want to sit, the kids can sit on the floor. Um, it makes a whole different thing. I have no illusions that that's ever going to change. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but, yeah, you're but, reaching for the stars. I am, I am. <laughs> but it's just one of the things that's always irritated me about our unchild-friendly setup is the worst thing is, you know, it's like school. <laughs> the schools are finally getting this now. Where they where they making these standing desks for the kids, or what, what's that other one that's sort of even more mobile than that? I can't remember. Um, it, it moves around anyway, and putting them on bouncy balls or whatever instead of chairs, so that they can wiggle and and squirm and do all the things that kids natively do. See, in our sanctuary, we need to turn the pews around because my child ends up kneeling on the floor and leaning on, you know, elbows on the, the oh, yeah. seat of the pew. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, we just I need get, to turn them I around. Get, I got to give some some leeway to some of the folks who put their kids in the back, the ones that maybe are trying to draw them into the service a little bit at a time. And, and they're, they are maybe noisy or out of control and they want to be able to get in and out of there. The fact that they're in the nave, uh, makes all the difference yeah, in the that, world to me. Yeah, sure. Uh, a thousand times better than being out of the David Children's oh, Church. Oh yeah, I mean they <laughs> I, need to be. They need to be in there. They belong in there. And if they if they start to get making a ruckus in some way, there's no problem with taking them out to the narthex to recalibrate. But get them back in. Get them back in there. They need to be a part of listening to the word, hearing the sermon, kneeling in confession, coming to the altar to receive the the blessing of the pastor if they're not confirmed and then to or the blessing of the lord i should say and uh, be a part of the community be a part of the family and not just for the children's sake mm-hmm. i mean certainly it is a benefit to them but i recall my days as a college student and attending chapel and the the local congregation was made up primarily of college students as well so not it, it was almost uh you know a, a homogenous group of college students not a lot of age diversity in this this group on Sunday mornings, and I realized on Sunday mornings how quiet, how unnatural, yeah, how uncomfortable, yeah, it was, because I, prior to that, all of my experience in in 
worship and divine service was always in a congregation setting that the spans the the lifespan right and so they're elderly and their families with young children and children crying and uh hearing aids ringing and things like that you're just <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, you know I, I i know i sound like i'm jesting but that, those are all things that that make up this diverse population of the, the the body of Christ. And so I missed that when I gathered together on Sunday morning. Not that there was anything wrong with right. the, the congregation. These were the people gathering together around God's good gifts, but I, I certainly missed uh, the, the other people who make up that, that, that body of Christ. Yeah. I, I would, I would dare say too, that if you are in a congregation that gets this, that understands this, the importance of raising the little ones up in the faith they will be so incredibly tolerant of these this additional noise. You, you'll have the people recognizing what a gem it is to have the little ones there, and they'll be encouraging the other families. That's It's one thing that I have to, I really have to say thank you to the Lord for uh, in my own congregation. We, we, have a, we have a day school, of course, and so we um, have, we work with the children in a lot of different ways, but that's one of the wonderful things about this parish is the people know the importance of having the kids in there. And so they're tolerant of that little bit of extra noise. They're, they're, they're not just the, the parents' kids. They belong, I mean, they're the children of the church. That's right. And, and, right. and so when, the family. When, yeah, and when it's like viewed like that, it's like, sure, you know, would you be unhappy to have your grandkids here? No, you'd be delighted in just the same way. Well, and then we must ask the question, for whom is the divine service? Right. That's, that's right. It's for the whole flock. Is it, is it for, it's not for a specific age group. No. It's not for a specific group of people who have certain cognitive abilities. No, no. But can I get back to the actual resource for a moment? <laughs> Fascinating as this is. Um, I, I, I just really want to, uh, to, to give a shout out to um, the, the update that, I mean, most of, uh, Pastor Toma did all the, the textual updating for LSB. But then um, Chrissy Thomas down in our uh, communications department really looked at each one and asked, how can I make this visually, how can I do a visual of, of, of what's here? Mm-hmm. Um, and the visuals that I think she put together, it, it's both, it's child friendly, it's bright, it's, it's attractive. And, and I think she just did a stunning, stunning, stunning job with it. And Pastor Toma doesn't know this yet, but it was so um, so well received, not only in our country, the, um, our, 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 our sister church down in Brazil actually wants to know if they can put this into Portuguese. Hmm. Go for it. Outstanding. Yeah. Isn't that amazing? They're, they're like, yeah, we need, we need that for our kids down here too. Well, speaking of visual, I guess we, we could provide the link so folks can go check it out. LCMS.org slash worship. You'll find youth in worship there and uh, kids in divine service yeah, is a fantastic resource. Google kids in the divine service LCMS and it should it should get you there with, with no trouble. And I remember as a as a parish DCE getting kids in the divine service and I realized that it also the acronym would be kids as well. Isn't that pretty convenient? Isn't that, that amazing? That's yeah. pretty tricky. So this is certainly useful for congregations, uh, for parents to use at home as well. It's it's available on the lcms.org website for free Yeah, for download. Right. Absolutely. And you can get it in color or black and white. It, uh, it I agree that the, the, the visual aspect of it is, is very appealing as well. They did a very nice job with it. Mm-hmm. Pastor Toma, any stories from your own experience as a as a parent and or as a pastor about 
teaching children these uh, these various aspects of the divine service? Oh gosh, I could go on for another <laughs> half hour. How much time do we have left? We have about five minutes. Oh, okay. Well, <laughs> well, oh, I could share story after story, uh, whether it's my own kids or kids in our day school. Um, the story that comes to mind is the, with regard to the importance, at least, of teaching the divine service to the little ones is from uh, an experience I had when I was in Russia. I used to go over there to teach, and uh, I think it was 2005, 2006. I'll try to make it short. The, um, I met a group of elderly ladies there who were studying in this uh, orphanage where we were visiting and teaching, and they told me the story of when they were young. They were Finnish Lutherans, and they had come back to the St. Petersburg area, but they, when they were young, Stalin had sent his troops in, rounded everyone up, put them on the cattle cars and shipped them off to Siberia, and over a third of them died on the way, um, by the way. But but one of the things that they did before they put them on those cars was they confiscated everything from them, especially their Bibles, their hymn books, everything that they had. Um, but along the way, the mothers, the fathers, grandparents, everybody, they knew the worship by heart. They had sung it and grown up in it and lived in it, so in a sense, they didn't need any of those resources. And here they were now, back in 2006, decades later, uh, singing the praises of having been raised by their parents to understand the importance of, of these words and what they mean and why we say them. Um, that's a, I, I think now in this postmodern world where you see a lot of things, a lot of historical things being torn down and tossed away, um, that's an important lesson for us, something to hold on to. Pastor Whedon, you mentioned grandchildren and the your grandchildren and how they're sponges and and mm-hmm. uh, stories from from your vocation as as parent, grandparent, or pastor. I'm always amazed that I can't, I'm going to go back to my son for a second because he's the one that that really astounded me on this. He would be so wiggly and so like I'm like as, as a pastor in a pulpit, you feel very um, helpless because you can't quite. You know, I, I know what I would do if I were in the pew by him. Um, but, you know, at the end of the at the end of the day, we'd be sitting around the dinner table and and, and I would say, so what was the what were the readings about today, David? Um, and the little wretch could tell me exactly what the readings were. He was slaying, you know, his hands were up in the air and just, you know, you know, but he was still listening. He listened to the whole thing, even better than the sisters who are primly sitting there and uh, not actually paying attention. <laughs> So, so one of the things that really I hope, if we become a, to be a truly kid-friendly church, you have to be, be open and aware to all these kids that are just, they look like they're, they're not getting anything out of this. They're going all around. You would be shocked at the stuff that's actually entering into their little hearts and heads throughout this whole experience. And the word of God is lively and active. It does this stuff. Even when we're like, I don't think they're getting anything out of it. You'd be surprised. Give it time. You'll be shocked. It's, it is going in those eyes and ears, whether we think it is or is not right, and and Isaiah fifty five eleven right promises that that uh, that God's word is at work, whether we want it to be or not, and uh, it, it really doesn't depend on us, but rather He does His work and in His word, and whether we're wiggly or not. <laughs> 
And that's a very, very good thing from a. That was very a very loose translation. Guy. Yeah. Amen. <laughs> well, it, it certainly is a helpful resource. I've enjoyed using it as a parish DCE. So thankful for new updates. Anything uh, specifically new that was added this time around in the updates, Pastor Toma, that you'd like to point out? I don't think so. I think. Uh, everything. Well, I, I think we're still missing a couple of pieces in there. I don't know. Will, is that true? Is there? I haven't. I thought it had all come through, but maybe I haven't gone through it piece by piece to make sure that every piece actually showed up. I think there's, I think we have, I don't know, something like close to 80 in this thing, but I think there are a few more. And maybe maybe they didn't pass doctrinal review. <laughs> I don't think that was the problem. Well, there are there are several categories uh, in the the downloads that are available from the various seasons of the church year. So, for example, four of them uh, available during Advent and several during Lent, but also some general ones, some mm-hmm. specific to the the liturgy itself or the the sanctuary that help us understand uh, what we see in our surroundings in the sanctuary as well. All very helpful resources. We'll provide the link with today's audio archive or go to lcms.org slash worship. You can find it there. Pastor Whedon, thanks so much for uh, for coming on, coming in the studio a little early today <laughs> and uh, and for the, the just the, the work on updating this. Th- thank you for highlighting Pastor Toma's great work. I really appreciate it. Pastor Christopher Toma, thanks so much for being our guest, coming back on Faith and Family, your great work on this resource, Kids in the Divine Service. Thanks for having me. A pleasure to have you today. God's blessings on your service at Our Savior Lutheran Church in Heartland, Michigan. What's coming up on Thy Strong Word today, Pastor? What are we studying today? Oh, it's like my all-time favorite chapter of God's Word, First <laughs> John five. It just keeps on getting better. You know, every time there's a great, each each day's chapter is the favorite. That's the way it is. Well, God's <laughs> blessings as you dig in. I think uh, Pastor Tice is in with you today. Is that right? I believe I think so. he's St. Paul Columbia. Coming up in just a little bit, Thy Strong Word with Pastor Whedon. You're listening to the Messenger of Good News Worldwide, KFUO. Listen to Faith and Family Monday through Friday at this time. Faith and Family is a listener-supported program. Your financial support is needed for Faith and Family to continue. Our address is 1333 South Kirkwood Road, St. Louis, Missouri, 63122. You can contact us on the web and download Faith and Family at KFUO.org. Worldwide KFUO, on the air, online, and on demand.